0: Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing this morning? I still, I still like taking my mask off in front of people. I feel like. It's a personal moment, but anyway, I'm glad that you guys are here this morning. Uh, so glad that I, I am proud of everyone here uh, for uh, making it here this morning. Uh, on the they change the clocks on us every year, so it's always crazy. But uh, glad that you guys are here this morning. My name is Alex Hershey. I am the pastor of the Branches Church, and uh, it is good to be able to be together here and those who are watching online right now. We are able to hear from God and to have our hearts be warmed by Jesus, so that we can grow close into what God is calling us to become. We serve a God who is a God of transformation and change. He doesn't want us to stay in the same spot, but he wants to work in our hearts and move us on towards a living a holy life. And I'm super excited about that. So really quick, before we get started here, all right, everyone look to the person next to you or around you, okay, and just tell them through your mask that Jesus loves you. Just say it and be like, and maybe it's some high fives, knuckles, air high fives, let's do it, let's get, hey, I've got... I've got a Space Jam jersey on today because it's Selection Sunday. I'm amped to be here. Uh, We were playing Van Halen before church, so I'm sure this is where we're all supposed to be. This is holy ground. Anyway, uh, but glad that you guys are here this morning. We have uh, an amazing opportunity every time we gather to hear something from God that will move us in a way. You are the one who can provide for us in the midst of situations that seem impossible. And God, you are the one who allowed for your Son to come into this world so that he can be the sacrifice upon the cross and so that we can have life now and forever because the tomb is empty and it is still empty. And Lord, we are here right now because we want to build our lives upon you. You are the rock upon which we want to build our lives. So help us go deeper into understanding who you are in this morning. Lord, open our hearts to hear from you. Allow for the Holy Spirit to just be welcome and invited in all parts of this morning. And let my words be yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever felt far from God? Have you ever felt far from God? to work out and you've just felt far from God. And maybe you've even dared said to yourself or to others that God has abandoned me. Have you ever had that moment in your life? There are some people who I have found throughout my years of ministry that can instantly fall away from God when things start to go a little bit sideways. Their faith quickly fades when they get the curveball of life. There are others that I've experienced that as they grow older and as life sort of just begins to work itself out, and for some it works out so they have some success and they have some more success, and they begin to start this gradual turn away from God. They begin to miss one or two weeks of church. They stop going to small group and they start filling their time with many other things that they find themselves wrapped up into. And they begin to feel that God doesn't need to be part of their life. But... Now, I remember one time I had a former youth who uh, just made one too many mistakes when he was in college. He just kept making the same mistake. He struggled with alcohol. And my heart broke for him because he was a great, great kid. And he just struggled in, in, in one certain area. And I remember taking him out to, to eat after he had to spend some time in jail. And uh, it was rough, and, and I, my heart was aching for him and sh- shed some tears with him. But I remember talking to him because my greatest fear was this, was that he was going to uh, just be frustrated with God, be mad at God, and just be at a point where he said, this has happened to me, so I'm going to abandon God. And I remember having this, this like run-through in the car of how I'm going to make sure that he stays with Jesus, even though he just had to go through something that was very, very hard. And I looked at him and I said, hey, are you mad at God? And he looked right back at me and he said, no, option." I believe most of us, when we find ourselves given the curveball of life with the first punch that we go after is God and we get frustrated with God and we want to just throw our hands up and say, I blame you, Lord, for this. Now, there was a famous author uh, who was on an amazing journey towards redemption, but it all began actually with him raised in a a Christian home. He was raised in a Christian home as a young boy, but then his mother passed away of cancer, which now caused him great, great pain. And then a few years later, he went off to war where he saw suffering and evil. And it was in that season where he was crying out to God, but then he began that God was just not there. And he began a life of living uh, as an atheist. He said, God just does not exist. And we, we have these moments in our lives where when we are facing certain challenges, we are not sure if we are concerned about people leaving the church instead of being concerned about people leaving a relationship with God. That is our focus. Uh, we've started something new. If you have your like uh, those orange sheets, because it's Selection Sunday and it's basketball orange. See, this is, there, there's themes everywhere around here. Anyway, but anyway, but we have fill in the blanks. If you want to fill these in, you can. If you just if you don't want to, uh, last week the answers were provided. It's going to get more challenging every Sunday. No, there are no answers this week. You have to pay attention. All right, but here it goes. Uh, but the, God is still faithful to us even if we choose to abandon Him. Just wrap your mind around that. God is going to still be faithful to us, even if we choose to abandon Him. The problem is is that when we abandon Him, we miss out on what God is doing in our lives. It is a challenging book, and it is a book filled with redemption. And we've been talking about as we're going towards Easter this year, the journey to redemption that we are all on, I believe. Redemption is this amazing gift from God that pays the price for us, taking on our sins and setting us free so that we can live in His beautiful world now and forever. So today, we find ourselves looking at a character in this story who I believe had that moment of saying, I am done with you, God. In the midst of her journey of redemption, Naomi is filled with pain and suffering. She has experienced the loss of her children. She has experienced the loss of her husband. She has experienced the loss of finances. And in this moment, we see, all, we see her just in the midst of pain and suffering, working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz. She said, the Lord bless him. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, the man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. I love this moment in this story. It is a turning point. It is a turning point traits Uh, i do uh we both shave our heads i do and uh uh, but this is the thing i do uh, for a long time when i started losing my hair i would thank god every day for michael jordan not for his amazing basketball skills for but for making bald cool so i was like thank you michael jordan anyway so that's why i can wear this not because of my basketball skills but in this moment what we see naomi in the previous chapter she changed your name to mara right which means bitterness Like she had given up. We see the signs that she had abandoned God. She was like, it's done. Like you've you've forgotten me. I'll go back home, but you have forgotten me. But in this moment, there's this little glimmer of light. And if you've ever had that moment where you've cried out, where are you, God? You wait for just that little glimmer of light. This is that little glimmer for her. She begins to see that maybe, yes, maybe God is still faithful in the midst of my suffering and my pain. Naomi's perception of life and God's faithfulness. This is a big moment for her. This is very cool right here. We begin to see this this turning point take place in her life. Through the generosity of Boaz, and because of this, because of Boab's living a holy life, it begins to point Naomi back to seeing the faithfulness of God again. This is the thing. Naomi needed Ruth to encounter Boaz so that she can encounter God. The people in our lives will bring us back to God. It's a constant theme that we see throughout all of the Bible. The people around you will either push you away from God or they will bring you towards God. You know, what we're seeing as more and more surveys are put out because people like surveys. Everybody likes to fill out a Google monkey every once in a while. Not a Google, a survey monkey every once in a while. Anyway, but no, but as more and more surveys go out. What we're seeing consistently is that more and more people, they did nothing There's a complete abandonment. We're seeing this number rise and rise and rise. No one wants anything to do with religion. And what we're seeing wrapped into that is no one wants anything to do with Jesus. This is a hard part. But this is, I say that today because I believe that Naomi was teetering on the fence right there. If The Bethlehem survey was coming through town. She probably would have been right there like, what do I believe? What do I mark? But by the grace of God, she finds a Redeemer who leads her to the great Redeemer. The healing of bitter, lonely, and broken Naomi has begun, though her situation hasn't changed. This is an important thing to hear right here. The healing began, but she's not out of the woods yet. She's still living with Ruth living in poverty, living with nothing, no husband. She still begins to be changed, even though her situation hasn't changed, because she is learning what faith is. Often in our lives, we want situations to change. We want to be transformed, but not until we're transformed, is that we'll give the praise. We want to be like the the workout. We won't praise the workout until we look down and see the six-pack, right? This is how we are with God a lot of times. We want to give God the praise, but it's, it's after the fact. What we learn here from Naomi is that she begins to be changed. Even though her situation isn't changed, she sees that God is active right now. So I don't know what you're going through, what suffering or pain, or maybe you have a friend or a family member who's going through that. You need to point them to God in the moment right now before God will do the miracle later. This is a powerful thing for us to be reminded of We see her faith in God because she wants to follow God before the transformation evil and suffering that turned him away from God and into an atheist, grew up to become a famous philosopher and writer. His name was C.S. Lewis. Lewis was deeply bothered by evil and suffering in the world that didn't fit with whom he imagined God to be. Uh, in time, though, Lewis came to see that evil and suffering as both an argument against atheism and an argument for God and Christianity. He's brilliant. Suffering was a dilemma for atheists. Only within Christianity did Lewis find a satisfactory explanation. His eyes became open to God's faithfulness. Lewis came to recognize that suffering and pain are not without purpose like Joseph, whose brothers turned his back on him, but that God chose to use him in those harmful actions towards him. He wrote in The Problem of Pain, he wrote this. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to bountiful harvest that her husband was bringing in. She was in suffering and pain. And it was in that moment, that little glimmer, when Ruth walked in the door with barley, and, or with, with the harvest, and said, we can eat now. She saw that glimmer and that glimmer became a megaphone to her that God was still active in her life. That God was still faithful in the midst of suffering and pain and that there is a purpose for what is about to take place. We know the end of Ruth, and I keep bringing it up. This is why this is a great redemption story. Ruth is the grandmother of Obed. Obed is in the genealogy of Jesus. Jesus is our Savior. The line of God, the line of salvation goes through this woman who lost everything and almost abandoned God. But she chose not to in this moment. What I want you to hear today is that we can all go through a new phase of life and how church is done and and all of these different things. I believe there are many things that will push us away from God, but there are many things that will push us toward God. And we have to make the decision, will we live a deeper life with God or we will just continue in a shallow, shallow faith as well? I love the story that Jesus tells, mainly just because of the Sunday school song. And, you know, build your house on the rock or the sand, a wise man, foolish man, and the rains came down, floods came up, and washed it all away. That's the, that's the remix version for you all. But anyway, I just want to read this story that Jesus tells. In Matthew seven twenty four through 27, he says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a white owl. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was its fall. When the winds come, do we just float away? Or do we stay strong in the promises of God? Is it easy to just be maneuvered and pushed around and pushed down? Or are we people who know that by the grace of God, we have purpose and meaning? Because we have placed our lives like the wise man upon the rock. Do we have a deep faith in the midst of the pain and the suffering? Do we hear the megaphone or do we ignore it that God is with us? Is your life built on sand or on the rock? What will you build your life on? What will you put your faith in? So my question for you, or run away from a marriage, or run away from a calling from God, you've just wanted wanted your, your name to be changed like Naomi, you just want things just to be different, and you just say, I'm just going to abandon you, God, and everything that you've brought with it. Have you had any of those moments in this past year? And let me say to you, If you need to hear it, God is not done with you and doesn't want to quit, have you quit something that he has put you in. So don't feel abandoned. God is at work in your life right now. He is with you. Now we are all on this journey of redemption and we need our lives to be moved by God and opened up by God. And, and we need to have moments where we say, Lord, come into my life. I have felt that I have opened the window in my life to sort of let you out. I need to close that window and keep you in my life. Maybe for some of us, we've even be our rock in all that we do. So that's the first thing I want you to hear. Make sure that God continues to be that rock for you. The next thing is this. Without Ruth, Naomi would never have recognized God's faithfulness. Who in your life do you need to help see God's faithfulness right now? Who is it? I mean, this is how it constantly works. I mean, there's... There's there's more moments in the Bible where someone comes to follow Jesus because of the actions of a friend and a loved one than just God being like lightning strikes and be like come follow me Paul you know but there's more a lot more the other way. Lewis uh, C.S. Lewis, he was not one to Christianity overnight. Yeah, he was just hanging out with his philosopher buddies in England, speaking with British accents, so thinking they're better than all of us Americans. But anyway, but they're just doing that, and he's smoking pipes probably and just continue to pour into him the love of Jesus. And over time and time, those conversations through faithfulness. And patiently walking beside Lewis helped Lewis resolve his many misgivings about Christianity and brought him back into a beautiful faith without Christ, with Christ. I mean, can you imagine not being able to read the Narnia series? We have Tolkien to thank for that. It's awesome. It's a beautiful thing. Who is it right now? that you need to share your faith with. Who is it? Friendships are invaluable in communicating the gospel. Lewis found that it was his friendships that brought him back to see that Jesus is the Savior of the world and his life. These are so important things in our lives. So one, share the love and the grace of Christ with so they can see God's faithfulness for the first time or again. This is a beautiful thing that we see in these simple passages in the story of Ruth in this day. But we see how Naomi's life is radically changed because of Ruth's faithfulness. Because of that, the recognizing of God's faithfulness is on point, And this story of redemption continues on your way to redemption right now. Build your life upon the rock of Christ. Share your love that you have for Jesus so others will see the faithfulness of God. Would you pray with me? God, you are a rock. We ask for your forgiveness when we turn our backs on you and think maybe that you have abandoned us. We ears of how you are going to work in us and through us and as we are on this journey of redemption help us to share Jesus with others so they will experience redemption too we pray this in Christ's name Amen here at the branches we've been ending every service with uh, taking communion communion is the Lord's Supper where we are reminded of what Christ has done upon the cross for us We're reminded that Christ is that sacrifice. He was the perfect sacrifice. He went to the cross without any sin so that we can have life and have life abundantly now and forever. Here at the branches, all who believe and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord are welcome to take communion this morning. And as we take communion, we are reminded of Jesus and how he talked with his disciples as they sat around the table, and all of a sudden he said to them, as he passed the bread around, he said, this is my body that is broken for you. We are reminded, though, before the empty tomb was pain and suffering on the cross. And that pain and suffering led to redemption for us all. So as we take this bread and juice this morning, let us confess those sins that keep us from following God and ask for God's holiness to fall down upon us so that we can walk faithfully with God throughout this coming week. Would you pray with me? O oh Lord, you are faithful. O oh Lord, you are good. O oh Lord, you sacrificed your life so that we can have life now and forever in the stillness of this moment, Lord, help us to confess our sins, the things that we have placed in front of you. Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness and we thank you for your grace. Now, Lord, stir us in a way so that we will live for you, take and eat. blood of Christ spilled for you and the forgiveness of your sins, take and drink. Lord, your cross represents to us the amazing love that radically changed this world forever. Let this love now fill us so that we can love our enemies we can love our neighbors, and we can love ourselves. God, we pray right now that we allow for you to be the priority in all we do, and we see your faithfulness in everything we do. So let us go with your love, and let us go with your life. And now let's play knockout together. I know that Jared's back there. He's going to be rounding us up. We're going to push some chairs forward. We're going to put chairs away. And then we are going to see, and this is this is so important, to see who the best knockout basketball player ever is at the branches. So stick around. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'll only be about 10 minutes long. So guys, go with Christ's love.